Welcome to By the Ghost Light, where we call our shots months, nay years, nay 30-some episodes in advance. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm Cassie. So there was a TikTok musical. There was. In fact. A TikTok musical that won a Grammy. And we had thoughts about that. We had many thoughts about that. Um, I was kind of ambivalent. Cassie had some capital T thoughts. Yes, I did. And then uh, Barlow and Bear just kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. You know, lawsuits about theft of intellectual property will do that to you. Sure Which will. I don't know if we if we talked about that, but uh, they definitely had a lawsuit brought against them for theft of intellectual property. Yeah, sure did. So Disney immediately said, nope, you are ours now. Please write Moana 2. So Barlow and Bear are have already, not are, not actively are, they have written Moana 2, the, at least the music for it. I am trying to figure out the thought process that went into that. Because I feel like it was some Disney exec going, oh, these people were super popular on TikTok not realizing that their moment is done. It is impossible to catch lightning twice, and they've already done it. And it ended badly. It ended with a Grammy and badly at the For same time. a theft of intellectual property. Disney famous protectors of intellectual property. Right. Have literally rewritten the laws of the United States around intellectual property. And here's the thing. I know it's kind of trendy right now to, like, be down on Lin-Manuel Miranda for some reason. He got too popular. And people hate what's popular. So, like, it's trendy to be like, uh, him. But the thing is, he's a good composer. He's a very good composer. He wrote really good music for the first Moana. And also, while he is not Polynesian... He is a composer of color from an island nation. Yes. Bringing, therefore, authenticity to the score of that movie. And I'm not 100% confident in ascribing, you know, complete whiteness to Barlow and Bear, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it uh, feels like a safe guess. So there are many reasons why this movie is going to be bad, and that's a big one of them. So this leads really well into the other thing we have to talk about immediately right now because the Superb Owl was a few days ago. It was. And we immediately got the trailer for Wicked. Yes. And I am so excited for the Like the rest of the Super Bowl, big sports fan here, by the way, for those of you listening, big sports fan over here. I did not care about the rest of the game because this trailer was so good. It was so good. I think my favorite TikTok that I've seen so far was a girl who was so excited because she has the same glasses that Alphaba has in the trailer. They're really cool. Alphaba has these really cool glasses where they're like half wireless, but it's not the half that you usually see on glasses. On one lens, it's the top and on the other lens, it's the bottom and the frame black frame piece that connects them they're round lenses like swoops from one side up and into the other like an s that's sideways really cool it's really cool. and and there's this girl on tiktok who who stitched the trailer and she's like pointing at her face she's like oh that has my glasses she has my glasses and she's wearing the same glasses and it's really cool 
Uh, they sound amazing. Yes. They look amazing. This yes. looks right. And it is part one. It is part one. They are splitting this movie into two parts for reasons that I'm reserving judgment on until I see it. Same. I don't know how I feel about it yet. We're going to see. I saw some people saying that this trailer did the same thing that like the Mean Girls trailer did where it doesn't show that it's a musical. And I agree there could have been a little bit more singing in it. However, like it opens with some of the music and then it has Cynthia Revo's beautiful Defying Gravity riff at the end. Oh my God, that riff. Oh, it's so good. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm very aware that this is a musical already. I don't know how you, like, how do you not know it's a musical? Right. Like, like, even if you don't know Broadway. Mean Girls, you could hide it because it's a movie. And that's probably what people recognize. Wonka, you could probably try to hide it a little bit. Just be like, hey, that's the guy from Dune, and they're telling the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory story. Okay, cool. It'll be whimsical, but that's it. Uh, This, I don't know. It, It felt like it was following along in the footsteps of those trailers and hiding the music a little bit a little bit but if they don't do that then you don't get to see the people that don't sing yeah that's like true michelle yeo i will say the trailer could have used some more jonathan bailey and that's not oh, just because i'm a huge it's not oh, just coming. coming it's not just because i'm a huge jonathan bailey fan it's i legitimately was like there's a single shot of fiero in this trailer sure is which uh, that's fine because the story isn't about fiero it's about no, the it... the two women but like dorothy got more time in the trailer than fiero did and dorothy's not even in the musical well there is that so she might be you know, in the show she might be in this now we'll see um but i have to take us back for a second for this segue to really hit home and come all the way back wicked and moana 2 will be released the same day Yes, they will. So it's another Barbieheimer. There's no good combination here. It's either like... You have to watch Moana 2 first. Well, it, no, I'm trying to combine the names, right? It's either... Oh, yeah. Okay, w- there's no good combo w- there. Wicana or Moaned. Right, Moaned. So we're going to go see Moaned. That's a weird and day. Here's the thing. Somebody like posted a link to that where it's moaned. But because I knew what they were trying to do, I did immediately read it as Moaned. <laughs> two, the sequel. <laughs> right. It is somehow Moaned 2 part one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, uh, the class of 2020 with my theater company was a big class of seniors. There were eight of them. And before the world fell apart... We were doing a devising class specifically for the eight seniors, and they were writing a choose-your-own-adventure play, and one of the story paths that they were writing involved finding an abandoned movie theater and choosing which movie to watch, and they just kept getting more and more ridiculous with what the titles of the movies were, and this long running joke spiraled into you know this movie part three the sequel part one and it just became this cascading inside joke so that's what that reminds me of moaned 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 two part one exactly but i am so excited 
for Wicked. I don't know that my husband realizes we're seeing that the day it comes out in the theater. No, I'm aware. He's aware. Um, <laughs> chiming in from the other room. I don't know if I can convince him to do the Moana 2 Wicked double feature with me. I'm going to do it for sure. And I Fantastic. agree. I think he got to see Moana. You got to see. You can't leave on Moana. You have to leave on well, Wicked. Well, I would want to leave on Wicked, but I think it's more Wicked's part one. So it's a cliffhanger. So I don't want to see the cliffhanger, go get dinner, and then go watch Moana 2. That's fair. Because then it's the wrong sequel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It's the wrong part two. Now, how about this? Do you go watch Moana, then live action Moana, then Moana part two? Do you watch in that order? or Live action Moana it's not going to be out. They're postponing it because of Moana 2. Yeah, but it's coming. It's coming. It's Here's coming. the thing. Going Watch back to why Moana 2 is going to be a bad movie. They don't have The Rock and... Uh, yeah, and Ali. She's they're busy still, killing They're still it in talks yeah. to get them to sign on. They're not even signed on yet. This movie's supposed to come out in nine months. And they don't even have their voice actors locked in. It sounds like it was supposed to be a TV show. Yep. That they have decided it's now a theatrical release to be released the same day as Wicked. Because that's easy to do. It's easy to take a a story that was written to be an episodic, you know, cumulative like four or five hours and condense it into a two-hour movie. Yeah. So I don't remember uh, what dart we ended up throwing. When we said, wonder what Barlow and Barrel end up doing next. I didn't have this one on my bingo card. No. Nope. Not the slightest. Nope. No, 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 no. I figured we'd hear about some sort of like off-Broadway tryout and they had teamed up with a writer and they were trying to make some original thing or maybe they had been tasked with adapting such and such because they'd already done it for Bridgerton. I did not have Disney. No. Polynesian sequel on my radar. Can we talk about the current TikTok musical trend, though? Let's do it. Has the has the Groundhog musical been all over your For You page? Uh, it started to, and then I quickly tried to train my algorithm to not. It's everywhere on mine. It is. It's deep. It's Groundhog Day musical, but not the Groundhog Day musical. It's the Groundhog Day musical where the main character is the groundhog. Yes, uh, Puxatani Phil. Yeah, can sing now. He can, and I would just like to go on record, and I've been on record saying this before, but on this record, saying that Groundhog's Day is the dumbest holiday. Mm. It's pretty. It's pretty dumb, but there's a lot of holidays now. There are, and I'm not talking about like culturally insensitive, stupid holidays like Columbus Day. Mm, yeah. I'm talking about just dumb holidays that are, are formally recognized. Like Sweetest Day? Sweetest Day isn't recognized by anybody outside of the Hallmark industry and gushy couples on Facebook. That's fair. That's fair. How about, I'm talking about uh, like we teach it to our children in schools. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's totally a thing. It's real dumb. Although it was like 60 degrees the other day, so maybe he's on to something. Don't, don't fall for it. But segueing from the talk of, of Wicked. Um, oh, please, let's uh, yeah, see how yeah. you do this. How are you doing this? How are you going to segue this out of Wicked? This is easy. Steven Schwartz. 
Okay, okay, there you go. Steven yeah, come Schwartz. On. Steven Schwartz wrote the soundtrack for Wicked. Um, really? He's one of my favorite composers. Um, I love no the fact... No offense, Andy. Andy, we still love you. Andy, I, I don't. You're, you don't even make the list, Andy. Um, <laughs> Steven Schwartz is one of my favorite Broadway composers. <laughs> as much as I do love and admire Sondheim, Steven Schwartz, for me, is much more accessible and... I like more of his catalog. That's fair. You don't um, want to listen to chess on repeat. You know, and he has a new show coming out, a new musical. And I'm excited because I love that this man is still writing. Yeah. He's in his seventies. Um, Certainly doesn't have to be, but he is. We are, we are combining three of my favorite Broadway people. We have Stephen Schwartz, who's written a new musical called Queen of Versailles that is going to be starring Kristen Chenoweth in a pre-Broadway tryout in Boston that is directed by Michael Arden. And Lloyd Webber. This is what he's doing after he's closed all of his shows. He has turned to directing because what could possibly be worse than Bad Cinderella? I got one of my students so mad at me the other day because she she's a TSA kid, Toledo School for the Arts. So she's got her thumb a little bit more on the Broadway world than a lot of my students do. Sure. And she was trying to convince somebody that it's a complete and utter tragedy that Phantom closed. And she can't believe it happened. And Broadway isn't Broadway without Phantom. Mm. And I heard her say that and I chimed in. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. We don't need an Andrew Lloyd Webber show on Broadway. It's not that big a deal. And she was absolutely horrified when I told her that I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Right. It's amazing. It's amazing how how quickly like these younger kids who get so into theater or musical for one thing or one person, mm-hmm. and that's their whole like little narrow uh, outlook on what this could, can and could be. It's like, yeah, I mean, like there's a pretty big chandelier, and if you like opera and Stockholm syndrome, wait a second, hold on, that might be Beauty and the Beast. Wait. Don't make me get into how Stockholm Syndrome, A, isn't real, and B, if it was, is not present in Beauty and the Beast. Because I will have that fight with you, Ryan. I think we've had this conversation. I think we have, too. I just don't know if it was into microphones. That's fair. Queen of Versailles, starring Christian Chenoweth, directed by Michael Arden, score by Stephen Schwartz. I'm excited. I don't know how this doesn't work. You know exactly. What I mean? There's too much talent. Yeah. Attached to it. Going to be great. Going to be great. Now, how are you going to get out of this one? Why is it my job to get out of this one? I like that you're just staring at me, expecting me to segue. <laughs> you do the segues. I usually do the segues. Speaking of uh, all-time favorite composers, I guess Frank Lesser was okay. I'm trying to get into Guys and Dolls. Okay, I see. Yeah, that was my... Yeah, I liked it so much, I went back a second time. Because he's my favorite. No, that's not true. Guys and Dolls is all right. So uh, Cassie and I have been kind of dancing around this conversation for the last handful of episodes about uh, revisiting shows that we've already done. As an actor, as a performer, it is not uncommon necessarily to get to repeat shows and play different roles in the same show. You know, like maybe you were chorus for, you know, your favorite show and then a you worked your way up and then somebody else did it and then you got to play the lead now that you had learned or you had this or you had that, right? That's that's not abnormal. There's also 
only so many shows that are done in community and, and educational theater. So it's, it's not abnormal, especially with the advent of the junior musical and the school editions. Um, seeing students repeat shows or repeat um, characters is not that crazy. I had one kid who did Newsies with me and then immediately turned around and did Newsies like six months later and played a different character because that's just kind of how this happens sometimes. But we've been talking about what it means to direct a show again, what it means to uh, revisit a script um, that we've already directed to direct it a second time, which is not normal most of the time. You don't usually direct the same show multiple times, usually because once you've done it, you've done it. It's kind of uh, the outlook on that, I'd say. Purely by happenstance, <laughs> Cassie and I are repeating shows at roughly the same time. I just did Guys and Dolls Jr. Uh, for the second time um, with 11 years in between. And Cassie is neck deep in kindergarten. Mm-hmm, which uh, all I, I really, did All I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. Six and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I have directed um, Phantom Tollbooth twice. Mm-hmm. And I also have a really interesting pattern. It's not that interesting. I know exactly why it happens. Hmm. But I have a pattern, too, of having shows that I am directing that I was in when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not the reason is because when I'm pulling shows, I pull shows I know. Sure. And I know a show very well if I was in it. Yeah. And so the shows I enjoyed being in oftentimes are going to end up on my list of shows to direct. Uh, but it's it's interesting because, again, like you said, there's only so many shows out there, and especially for, like, my company's circumstances, there's only so many shows as a smaller list that we are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my group, at least where we are right now, cannot do Disney theatricals. Yeah. Like we're not going to do Beauty and the Beast and Little Women and these shows with the Disney name attached to them because they're so expensive. Sure. The royalties alone are astronomical. The tech required to put them on the set requirements, the costume requirements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so our pool is even smaller. Yeah. And so... I have I have a list, honestly, of shows that I have done with Horizon or that Horizon has done and at what point I can consider putting them back into the rotation. Sure. How how long would you say for that? How many years do you want to go in between? For you said, me... You said this was six, six and a half This one's six and a half. But my cast the first time was older and the cast this time is older. So my general rule of thumb is that I want everyone who was in it before to have either graduated or be like in their last year. Sure. That they've all grown up enough that it feels like you're doing it with new kids. Yes. And that if there is an overlap between who did it the first time and who would do it the second time, that it's a small overlap. Mm. Because I consider doing kindergarten last year because I, in my in the cast that was in it before so i'm doing it this year and i have exactly one student who is in this cast who was in the previous cast um she was the youngest in the first time we did it and she's a graduating senior this year i thought about doing it last year 
but I would have had five to eight kids who had been in it the first time. And that feels like too many, especially for a show that's a smaller cast. Mm -hmm. And I think my goal is, has it been long enough that we will not be inviting direct comparison between the two productions? And that honestly, like for Phantom Tollbooth, that was pretty easy because we were in a completely different space. I was way more experienced. I could actually like put on stage what I had wanted to put on stage nine years previously and just hadn't had the money or the people or the capacity to do so. Mm -hmm. And so that one, I never really struggled with making it different from the first time kindergarten. I have struggled with that a little bit and I have been very, very cognizant of as much as I can avoiding talking to my cast about, well, last time when we did it, we did this. Right. Because I don't want to put in their head like I'm comparing you to the way that we did it the first time. And my stage manager um, is he's not a student. He just graduated, but he mm-hmm. was he's a former student and he was in it the first time. And that is one of the things that I've kind of struggled with with him. And I've had to like mm-hmm. talk to him about outside of rehearsal is like, hey, I really want to stop telling stories about the original production in rehearsal because I don't want this cast to feel like they're being compared to the previous cast. Right. For sure. And so if I am telling stories, I'm trying to tell a mix of like the positive and also like some of the negative, like Mm -hmm. with one of the scenes that we were kind of struggling with and we were trying out some different blocking. I made a point of saying like, yeah, I didn't like the way that we did this the first time. I didn't like the way that I blocked it or that I staged it. And so I'm going to I'm going to solve it this time. This time we're going to get it right. And I sure, think that that kind sure. of helps give them a little ownership over it as well. Yeah, it's validating, right? Yeah. Cuz yeah. even if, even if you're not talking about the last show, like if they're not aware, they will soon will be or somebody'll say something and kids talk, right? So it, it's not like it's a secret. Yeah, and okay. a lot of the kids who are in this saw that production. They weren't in it, but they saw it either because sure. their older siblings were in it or their peers were in it and they just hadn't auditioned. Um, so, like, so that's there's that element of it, too. I'm not trying to pretend, like, the first time I did it doesn't exist or didn't mean something because it did mean something. It was a really meaningful production for, for me and for the kids. But that's part of why I chose to do it again is because I feel like that production really solidified the group we had then into this very strong ensemble and very strong community that I feel like we lost a little bit with the pandemic. And so I was like, I really want to try and get that feeling of community back. So let's do this show again that really is all about building community. And that was kind of my thought process in pitching it. Yeah, and you're able to change the script a little bit too because it's yeah, a it's a very flexible script to do that. How with. much have you changed? Not much, a little bit. Um, most of the the vignettes are still in that were in the last time. I've swapped out a couple of them. I cut a few of them, um, but I've reordered them completely. Sure. So the little stories and the little scenes are in a completely different order than they were the first time. The acts start and end the same way, but everything that's in the middle has been switched and turned around. Uh, Because before I followed more or less the outline of the script itself with some additions, and this time I've reordered things so that it's kind of 
moving through the course of a person's life. So it starts out with the stories that are about being children and then it moves to the stories that are about adolescence and then into early adulthood and then into the end of life stories. So this would be a pretty unique script. Yes. With with high. So it it, it pays to do it again because it should be different. It should be different every time you do it, It, which is not true of most scripts where you're looking at repeating. Yeah. So I have repeated several shows at this point. Um, and then I also have several shows that I've done both the full length and the junior version, mm-hmm. which I feel like they they are different enough that it feels different. But at the same time, it's still high school musical. Right. Like, right. It is what it is. This is high school musical. It's just a little shorter. Right. And middle schoolers can do it. We finished Guys and Dolls Junior and it's the second time I've got done Guys and Dolls Junior and it was 11 years in between. I've also done Beauty and the Beast Junior twice. And those are the two juniors that I've. Uh, repeated. Now I'm different because I'm in a school. So I'm in a middle school. So I only have sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. So I think I could probably go like probably five years in between before I could repeat. I would want all of my sixth graders from the first show to be well into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we redid Beauty and the Beast, um, well, one, we did it because it was the pandemic. And I already had a bunch of the stuff. Yeah. So that helped. Uh, honestly, also picked it because it was a show that was easy to uh, mask for. Yes. Okay. Because we did have to perform in masks, but like uh, Beast doesn't have to wear a mask. Beast is wearing a mask already. Right. Right. So things like that. like And all of the uh, uh, objects, you know, the masks make sense. They match. They're part yeah. of their costume. Like it helped and it worked um so but at the end of the day it's still beauty and the beast it's disney and it is what it is um i have also done like full length newsies and junior newsies i've done full length legally blonde i've done junior legally blonde uh high school musical i've done full length and junior now guys and dolls twice i've done hamlet twice and now right now i'm about uh, just uh started yesterday uh complete works of william shakespeare abridged uh, and it'll be my second time doing that script, too. Um, so every situation is different. But I think the thing that you can really hit on is you need a reason to repeat yeah. a script as a director. And that that reason can be many different things. And it can run the gamut between, like, my first Hamlet that I ever did was the first first full-length show I ever directed. And I was 19. And I look back on it with fond memories and, oh, you, you had no idea what you were doing. So I got a second shot at it. Like, and I felt like I could hang my hat on it a little bit more. But then there's some shows where it's just like, we're going to do Beauty and the Beast again because uh, circumstance demands it. Yeah. And I think that for me, the question that I will ask when I consider remounting a show is, do I have something new to say? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like something else that I can bring to this conversation. Can I make it different enough from the first production that I won't be comparing them? Sure. Like, I don't see myself remounting Godspell. Right. I think you've mentioned this before. Yeah, I think I've, we've, I've talked about this before because I cannot imagine a comparable production to the one that I had with the cast that I had. 
sometimes you just get to do a show and you know when it's done you're like this is it this is yeah. done like i have some shows that i hear i i hear the, the music in those voices for yeah. forever mm -hmm. like even when i'm listening to the broadway recording now it's like no i still hear so and so i still hear this person and i don't ever want to i don't ever want to lose that selfishly like yeah we did it no absolutely and we were, it was really good like i want to remember that and other times it's like no we can try it again or i've got new voices i want to hear or uh or in the case of complete works they revise the script right yeah like it's a it's a same same form like same big beats but the script is very different a lot of the jokes are updated Thankfully. yeah 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 because with the script like that you have to or it just feels dated oh for sure really easily um but i also kind of look at like is this a good fit for the kids that i have right now like is this yes. a good good story for them to tell i've got a group right now who really want to do 13 again and mm. i have said no i've said i will not pitch 13 right now i might in the future but again i had a really solid cast the first time i did it and it's not that i don't have equally talented kids right now it's that everybody who's asking me to do it had an older sibling in that production. And That's I'm saying, different. and I'm looking at that going, you don't want to do this show. You want to recreate the show that you saw. Yeah. Very different. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to find a play that you can like take ownership in and not be comparing yourselves to what you saw. Yeah. Your older sister talked about the amazing time they have because they got to make it their own thing. Right. You don't need to do the same show to have that experience. Exactly. You'll have a different experience. You can have hopefully. a different experience. Um, but also, like you said, there are some plays where I look at them and go, oh, gosh, I wasn't able to do this thing. And I would really like to. So, like, right. my production of Midsummer that mm -hmm. I did a couple years ago, I'm very proud of the kids. I'm very pleased with the production that we put on. It was not the production that I had imagined when I planned out my concept. And sure. that's largely because of where we ended up performing. We ended up performing in a church. And I just was not able to do the set progression concept that I had in my head. Just because of logistics and time and the space we were in, I, I could not realize what I had imagined. So I would like to do Midsummer again someday so that I can fully bring to life what was in my head initially. We did a play in 2021 called And a Child Shall Lead that was our pandemic show. Mm -hmm. We had to perform masked. We couldn't have audience in the space with us. We live streamed the show. Mm -hmm. And it was a great show. I had two fantastic casts for that one because we double cast it they did a wonderful wonderful job it was a meaningful performance for all of them i want to do that show again someday mm -hmm. because i want to do it without masks i want to do it in front of an audience yeah it's very different i want it to have that impact very very different and so yeah i think it's a hard question of when to duplicate a show and how to duplicate a show and you're not duplicating a show, but to yeah, I was do... gonna say yeah, duplicate. Yeah. Don't, don't say duplicate. Right word. Yeah, because yeah. we don't want to duplicate. Right, and I it, want it and to be its, its own not thing. Possible. Like right. even if if you even set out with the goal of, I need to recreate the show I did six years ago. It's never gonna happen. And I actually had a really interesting conversation with the student who was in kindergarten before, because she was considering not auditioning this time. 
and she reached okay. out to talk to me about it. And she said, I'm just afraid that it's not going to be as magical as it was the first time. And I'm afraid that it will hurt the memories that I have of the first time I did it. That's valid. And it was. And I was very upfront with her. And I said, listen, I'm afraid of that, too, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it will be as magical. I don't know if it will live up to what we did before. But I have a plan to try. And I would really like to do it with you. Mm -hmm. And she did end up auditioning. And I think she's having a good time. And I think that it is proving to be as positive an experience for her as the first one was because mm -hmm. um, she's also sharing memories you know sometimes she's chiming in with oh do you remember when this person made this ad lib in this moment mm -hmm. and right. she's sharing that with everybody else and they're getting to laugh about it and sharing it too and either yeah. build on it or be like well that was really silly we're not going to do that this time yeah we're going to do our own thing we're going to figure it out because there's a yeah. there's a hide and seek scene and and when this kid gets found he gets startled and the script says he's supposed to give a little shriek and run away and the kid i had the first time chose i think on like opening night i don't think he did this in rehearsal but on opening night chose to go zoinks as he ran off stage <laughs> oh that's a choice <laughs> which i had forgotten until these two crossover students reminded me that's pretty good though it was. It was very good. good. But the kid doing it this time was like, I'm not going to say zoinks. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want you to say zoinks. With my complete works, it's fun to see what the new cast comes up with. Um, and even that new cast is not the best way to refer to them, maybe. But it's also different because they're all adults. So yeah. there's kind of that knowledge of like, hey, we've all seen shows. Hey, we've all done things. Like, we all know you know kind of a little bit more how the world works um so we can accept that you know other people have done this show you know i've got a stage manager who's done it and been uh, directed it i think one uh, besides having the revised script to do again like it's really nice to try to recapture the camaraderie that you get to create with it but also that first time i did this show nine years ago like at bgsu but i was also like it was bare bones. I think I got to spend 30 bucks of the university's money on this show. Woof. And, and we like threw everything in the trunk of our stage manager's car and we took it on tour and we performed four shows in four different buildings across campus. Interesting. Okay. It was lecture halls. Yeah. I so saw we, that yeah. production in, in a lecture hall. I remember in a lecture hall. Yeah. Because there was no open space available to us. Uh, like the weekend that we had the rights to perform. So it was a whole thing. And then I remember going to uh, uh, Amy, Amy Reed, friend of the show, who was my advisor for it. And then, <laughs> and uh, subsequently department chair, Steve Boone and going, Hey guys, I have an idea. Can, we take this like around campus. Like, is there a way we could do that? And the amount of liability forms we had to sign was astronomical. <laughs> but then we ended up performing it in Ols camp and then in a different room at Ols camp and then in the education building. And then one night we performed in the business building, like in a business lecture hall. 
room. It was weird. The, um, the business that, building classrooms are not big. No, they were Even not. Even the lecture That hall. room was full. It was also one of those rooms that had like uh, lo- those long desks that like two or three people sit at each of yeah. them, and all and everybody had rolly chairs, and that's what the audience did. So like at one point, uh, one of my actors like is supposed to run into the audience, but there's no back way out. Yeah. So he's literally jumping on the tables and r- running and jumping across the tables to get through the Fantastic. audience because it was Zach Rob. Oh yeah. So you know he just Doctor Who his way uh, across the room. It was great. I can never do that again. Like I can never throw a show in the stage manager's trunk and drive around campus. Right. This yeah no this time I get to do it in a respected theater venue with budget. And that's a novelty. Crazy. Do you still have to get the red chucks, though? Yes, of course. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting, too, when I think about... When, when the time comes for me to think about, like, shows that I want to direct and have that debate of, is it time to do this again? Do I want to do this again? Is it a good idea to do this show again? There's one show where I just immediately, like, even as soon as we closed it, I was already like, yeah, someday we'll do the show again. And I have never for a second been concerned about the comparison. And it is Cinderella. <laughs> it is Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. It's like, of Cinderella. course, of course, I'm going to direct Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella 8,000 times over the course yeah. of my career. Like, oh, I'm going to keep coming are. back to that script. And I'm not worried about making it feel different. I think it's because Cinderella. it's Cinderella. It's like, Cinderella. There's only so much you can do with it in the first place. And if right. I tell the same version of that story with new kids every time we do it, I'm okay with that. Because that's kind of the nature of Cinderella anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that the one that you, you, you kind of know you're going to revisit it? Or is there another one that you're like, I want another shot at this one? Cinderella doing it again just feels inevitable. That's fair. And I wouldn't do it like I wouldn't pitch it for this upcoming season again because we did that in 2017 and Mm -hmm. it was a full cast production. So my. Yeah, you had a lot of littles like my midline in that production are seniors now, which means that my entire like bottom half of that cast is still in the program. So if I did Cinderella again right now, I would have. A lot of crossover from the first time that gotcha, I did it. Gotcha. Um, but like, and there's only so many roles in that show, so they might end up playing the same chorus roles. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, there's more roles in that show than you'd think. Okay. Uh, depending on which edition you do, but um, I've never done it, and I'm okay with that. I really like it specifically, specifically though, like with this caveat, the Enchanted edition. Of Cinderella, because sure. that is the Rodgers and Hammerstein version that pulls mostly from the screenplay of the 1997 with Brandy. Mm. Okay. That's and better, that yeah. script is better because the original Broadway script is hot garbage. Sure. And the revival it. script is not good. The 1997 script with Brandy and Whitney Houston aces. Fantastic. Fantastic. But I also think it's really interesting when you 
are also mounting a production where there's like a really iconic version of that production that exists in mm-hmm. the world that people can watch. So it's kind yeah. of the same conversation as like my kids who want to do 13 because their older siblings were in it, where they would just be trying to recreate those performances. Yep. 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 But you yep. also have to be really careful if you're doing a show that has like a pro shot mm-hmm. because I saw, mm-hmm. I saw a local school's production of she loves me recently where it was very clear that they were trying to be Zachary Levi and Laura Bonanti. And I think I talked about this right I think after I have, saw yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, that's it's another a kind real of pitfall problem, though. to fall into, Cause... especially with kids. Especially with kids, because it's so easy for them to imitate without even realizing mm-hmm. it, necessarily. Like, I, I think I talked about this just in the last episode, but there was a night that I voiced Adelaide from the booth so that the show could keep going so like we could do a full tech run and my adelaide was watching quote unquote the show oh, via facetime and then the next night she comes back to rehearsal and she's unconsciously mimicking the vocal choices that i made oh interesting because she heard it and it was recent and it stuck in her head and whether or not she consciously went oh no that's good i want to keep that or unconsciously it's the last thing she heard who knows yeah but we'll see it was it's good like she still did a great job but the kids are very uh impressionable surprising no one mm-hmm. yeah i really want to do legally blonde again yeah i love that script so much i want to do it again but i have to have an l yes yeah, especially the. I mean, you have to have an L, but especially the junior version. That person sings like half the show. Yeah, and Dog Sees God. I want to do Dog Sees God again with a production budget. I want to do Secret Garden again. Hmm. Secret Garden's a weird one because it's the one show I've directed with adults. Mm-hmm. Like it's the one adult production I've done, and I would do it again with my youth company. Um. Hmm. Which I think honestly would make it easier. I think if I ever did it with adults again, I'd have a harder time because my Archibald the first time was so good. Sure. Like he went on to do Broadway tours level of good. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. And and it's going to be hard to find an adult who can play that part again. I wouldn't have the same expectation for a young, a young actor playing that role. Yeah. Repeating shows is weird. There's usually a reason behind it. Shakespeare is really easy to repeat and mm-hmm. have a different concept behind, I feel. So there's some, like, I'll probably direct Romeo and Juliet three or four times, right? Right. Like, you know, there's things like that. There's, um, you know, shows that I've, I've performed in that, you know, I go, I've had a great time being in this, but I would really like to put my own spin on it and direct yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that feels different as well. So it does. So those of you uh, li- uh, listening along with us, get at us in the Discord. Tell us if you've ever repeated a show and why you did it twice. And also, what shows are, if you have directed before and you're thinking about repeating a show, what would you repeat and why? Do you yes. have shows on that list, Ryan, apart from Legally Blonde, that like you know you want to do again? Uh, Dog Sees God. Right. 100%. I want to do that again. Um, I really want to direct um, Laramie Project and Laramie La- uh, Later 
Laramie 10 years later. Oh, like tell me when you're doing Laramie Project. I love that show and want to be in it desperately. So I've been in it. I was in Laramie and it was uh, amazing. I auditioned for that with a horrible work schedule. Oh, and I walked no. I walked into auditions and our friend M was directing. Yes, they were. And I gave them my schedule and I said, listen, I know that this is probably <laughs> a no. But I love this show and I have to audition for it. Yeah. And they told me after auditions, they were like, I'm so mad at you. Because I cannot cast you in this show with this schedule, and I'm so angry. Yep. And so, so you tell me when you're doing Laramie, and I'll be. I there want I to do that, that so badly, but I do want to do like both of them. Like, I right. don't know yeah. if it's like alternating performances or do one, and then three months later do the second one. I I don't know. It's like but our friend, really uh, our friend Tyler. I think I think it was his idea to do a repertoire theater where you, two of the shows in the repertoire are Hamlet and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but you have the mm, same actors mm-hmm. for the same roles in both shows. Exactly. Just like that. Um, you know, a very similar thing would be if I got to do uh, high school musical junior and high school musical two junior in the same school year and use the same kids. Uh-huh. I really want to, it'll never happen, but I really want to do that so badly. I have also talked uh briefly and in no seriousness at all because i hate both of these shows about doing annie and annie the sequel annie warbucks at the same time (laughs) but not telling anybody that you have annie warbucks in the pocket and just keep the Mm -hmm. actors consistent and trick people into watching a four-hour musical where they go they see act one of annie intermission act two of annie but because literally act Andy Warbuck starts exactly where Andy leaves off. Just keep yep. going. Yep. And have the audience like realize, like, wait a second. I've been sitting Great. here for a long time. What's happening? This is not okay. This show is much longer than I thought it was. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, but you did, dear listener, signed up for this. Thanks for coming along with us on this journey. How's that for a segue? Great segue, Ryan. Thank you to all of our supporters over at ghostlightmedia.net and the Patreon there, uh, without which this show would not exist. So thank you all so much for your continued support. Uh, There's a lot of other really great shows in the network, uh, shows like uh, Imprinted Echoes and The Silent Secrets, which uh, I think uh, have both uh, taken some turns recently, if the Discord is to be believed. I'm behind on both, but there were some plot twists. Interesting. Yeah. Some, some plot twists, some storytelling plot twists. We don't do that here. No. No. We tell stories, stories in our real life, and here we just tell stories about those stories. Yeah. Nothing better than theater people talking about theater. How's that for a convoluted tagline? It's weird. Let's get that on a shirt. Porn theater show for the win. people talking about theater. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Thanks for coming along with us. My name's Ryan. My name's Cassie. And join us next time by the ghost line. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.